I'm your host, Carrie Aretta, Akashic Records reader, psychic sleuth, and spiritual guide. And this is The Infinite Dance, the Akashic podcast. Well, welcome back to all of you who have been joining me week after week, mostly week after week, for the past season and nine episodes. We're into, this is episode number nine of season two. So thank you so much for being here. And if you're new, welcome. So glad to have you here. Today's episode is about boundaries, narcissists, and the holidays. Yes, those can be very hard to navigate, especially this time of year. And I'm having my very own in your face struggles with it and I wanted to come on and share my process through it all so I'm in the middle of it right I knew and I've mentioned this in episodes past I knew that moving near family that I would do some major healing generational healing and just for the record I never think I'm going to fix myself or anybody else. Doing the work I do and wanting to know all the different facets of souls, my souls and everybody I interact with, is more about finding ease in our relationships. It's not about ever fixing anything. I honor this journey that we are all on. But let me tell you, when you are in the middle of things and you're around people, remember we're here to have an earthly experience. So you're going to go through all the motions. Unless you've completely (laughs) been able to let go of your ego and there's nothing there, it's going to be pretty hard not to have, not to want that relationship, right? Um, Because it's not like every moment is terrible. But when the bad times outweigh the good, or the toxic parts linger and make it harder to move forward, or harder to hear or listen or all the things that we need that's vital in a healthy relationship of any kind, then maybe it's time to step away. So that's where I'm at in mine. How far do I need to step away from these toxic family members? So being involved with narcissistic behavior is an extremely slow moving process. So many people will hear stories or um, let's take, there's a, a series on Netflix called Made. And I've heard people say, well, why didn't she just leave? Why'd she go back the second time? You know, when there's love there, and there usually is some, you know, some kind of love, like 
you know, pure love or um, kindness, right? Um, from a partner or a parent or a, a sibling, whatever. It's not like you're just, you're just like, okay, whatever. There's hope there. So if you do see that good side, so if you do see somebody trying, you know, oh, maybe I shouldn't say that, right? There's hope. Oh, okay. We all make mistakes. We all, why, why wouldn't you want to give that person another chance, you know? And in that case, there's a child involved. So that, I'm sure, makes things a little different. It's really not black and white, though. And I, excuse me, let me, it's really not polarized. And it's really hard to, for people to come from the outside and really have an, a clear view of what's going on unless you've been through that unless you've been through a narcissistic relationship you're not gonna know what it's like you're not gonna know the different parts sure it's easy to say why did you stay why did you go back why don't you just walk away for good you know with a relationship or a parent I mean these are hard relationships right we're told and we strive to find constant companionship and the idea of a parent and being nurtured is fantastic so why wouldn't we want to hope that the intricacies of these various relationships work out of course we would want them to work out so I'm going to speak of my relationship with my father and I'm going to start with the first conscious memory of the narcissism, being aware of of the story, right, that comes in. Because we tell ourselves stories to deal with these behaviors and these relationships and the things that are told to us that don't make any sense, right? So the first time I remember, the first conscious memory of interacting with my father um, and being on the other side of his narcissistic personality was at dinner one night. I was 12. And by the way, before this, you know, before this coming in, you know, we had always been close. My dad and I always um, enjoyed the same kind of music. And even uh, we would have swim contests to see who could swim the most laps in a summer. And I was swimming miles. So a mile is 72 laps in a 25 meter pool at nine. You guys know, if you've been following this podcast, I really like water <laughs> and it started at a very young age. And so it was nothing for me to be in the water and like swim back and forth for 72 laps, which is a mile. But this particular evening, we were discussing politics. Woof. And I stated how I felt at my core on whatever subject that had come up. I can't remember the subject at this point in life. And he got upset and argued with me about how I felt. About how I felt. And this was a 12-year-old going, but this is coming up from my core. It was something very primary. It wasn't, it wasn't something... 
that I had made an opinion on because of people I'd been around or news I had heard. It was something that was very core. You know, now let's stop right here though. You know, you could be thinking, well, maybe you're just going to have a healthy debate, which would be lovely. I am the first person in line <laughs> to share and listen to others' feelings on issues. I love that. I love hearing how other people see things and see the world. I feel like it always expands where I'm at and gives me another perspective, which I'm always looking for. How can I see things differently? But it didn't stop there. I was told I was opinionated for sharing my views that were different from my dad's. And here's where that shit story began. Yep, I'm calling it a shit story. The story where I'm opinionated, if I share how I feel, and there's something wrong with me for thinking the way I do. For thinking the only way I know how to, right? Because I'm coming in at 12. So I'm coming in with that knowledge that's still there, right? My core knowledge. So since 12 years old, there's been this dance-off of sorts of me saying clearly and kindly in a given situation what I feel or what I need in a, in a given moment and continually being shut down and told I'm wrong. So not just shut down, but told you are wrong. And what gets it even worse, if I'm struggling with something, if I'm struggling or frustrated or like, okay, this part, you know, I, somebody kind of, you know, really kind of ruffled my feathers about whatever issue or... I'm just trying to figure something out. I'm trying to problem solve. And sometimes you get a little frustrated and you're like, okay, you know, how am I going to figure this out? And that leads me to recently I was signing up for health insurance. And before I get into this story, there's years and years of instances between that 12-year-old and father instance at the dinner table and then this instance you know even little things like um you know how sometimes the dishwasher doesn't it doesn't scrub it it sanitizes things so there's crud on sometimes there's crud on if you don't rinse it so the dishes will come out and i'll be like oh these are all dirty and there'll be like four plates and you know three forks i mean just crud stuck on it like there's been times I go to you know eat a yogurt and I don't look at the back of the spoon and there's a bunch of crud stuck on the back of the spoon oh I just gag even thinking about it <laughs> gross and 
So I'm, I say, you know, let's rinse them. Let's rinse the dishes or, you know, so that there's no crud. And I was told one night he left a bunch of my things by the sink that I had used, like my coffee pot or something, my coffee press. And he said, well, I left them there because I don't know how to clean them like you need them cleaned. And I said, uh, excuse me? I, what do you mean? Well, you like them cleaned a certain way. And I'm like, I just like them clean. Like, if there's food on the plate, the fork, the knife, then it's not clean, right? There's stuff still on it. So he had to make a point that because I want things without crud on them, without food on them, somehow it is some odd way that I like to have the dishes cleaned, right? So that's a little one, but these, these, this, that's part of like the dialogue. And that's like an easy dialogue, right? I mean, that's pretty crappy, but that's like an easy dialogue in the whole scheme of a narcissistic relationship. So I'm applying for health insurance. I'm at the house alone. I had a nice morning doing yoga. I, I prepped myself. I, I, I had been researching for about a week and I knew I needed help. And I said, okay, I'm going to allot this time for it. I'm going to meditate and do yoga and, you know, just get myself in a nice little headspace so that I can think clearly when I go to talk about these things. And the first person that got on the phone, she was really gruff. And she was like, you're, it's this much and you're going to have to pay it no matter what. Like, tough shit you're gonna have to pay this. I mean, she was so mean. I said, Okay, I think this is not going to work for me because I'm not sure why you're being uh, talking the way you are, but it doesn't work. So maybe I, I might need to just talk to somebody else because I need help with this. And I, uh, you know, I know I'm not gonna be able to get past her being so aggro for no reason. And um, so she, she did she patched me onto somebody else. And I thought, okay, that's healthy. You know, hey, this probably isn't working. Let's try something else. And so I got somebody else and he he was kind of saying the same thing, like nicer, but you know, you have to pay this much. I said, yeah, you know, I'm just not there to pay that. So I think there's some other options. I saw some other options online and he wasn't willing to go anywhere else. So I, I got off the phone with him, found another guy and things were going really well things were going really well. And I was getting about three quarters of the way of telling him my personal information and the call dropped. I'm like, are you kidding me? And I was getting bombarded with calls at that point. So once you initiate looking for health insurance, I don't remember being this tough before, but you know, things are just weird right now. But I mean, there were so many calls coming in and texts. And so I could, when I even found, I, I thought was the number, I couldn't find him. And so I kind of like put the phone down for a little bit. Cause I'm like, I just need to take a break. I think, even though it's only been like, I'd have been a half an hour at that point. <clears throat> and excuse me. And so, and, and sidebar, this is a bit of a shell shock back in Colorado. So I'm in Nevada right now. When I was living in Colorado, health, dental, you know, I, 
exams, gla getting glasses, things like that. Even if I needed to go see like a mental health counselor. So it was a gamut of, of various types of doctors. It was so much easier. I don't remember it being this hard. I mean, I remember having to get on the phone and having somebody help find somebody within my like county, I think what is what it was. But I don't remember it being this difficult. Um, so I'm in shell shock already going, why is it so hard? Right? Um, and so there's a bit of that going on. And so I have the phone down. I'm My, my folks walk in the door and they have my four-year-old nephew with them. And I was really happy to see him. He's the cutest little thing. And he is also very, 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 <laughs> lots of energy. High energy. Um, when I had the Halloween Samhain party, he uh, managed to uh, move, move his body for 11 hours straight. He would sit for two minutes to get up, get a pretzel from the dish because we had some pretzels out and then he'd go sit back down because we tried to watch a movie in the middle of the day. At the end of the night, when we finally put on Hubie Halloween, he finally passed out. Um, I think he was just pooped by that point and he, that poor little kid needed a little break. So anyways, I was happy to see him and I told them what I was doing. I was like, yeah, oh yeah, I've been trying to get health insurance and I'm you know, calling this person. I already told them I was looking, so that was known. And, um, you know, it's just a little frustrating um, because I'm being told this much and I, I don't think it's that much, you know. It's probably more than I'm thinking or had to pay in the past, but I don't think it's them out there quoting me, which was like $350 a month. And I'm like, nope. And so... Um, My dad offers, let me look into some things. Okay. Again, innocent, right? Someone says, let me look into some things. And me, I'm like, huh, okay, sure. Why not? You know, I always say the more, the merrier when it comes to figuring out a problem, right? Especially something like this, you know. Um, he mentioned, oh, I helped a lot of my clients go through this. He's a retired CPA. Um, so I was like, okay, right. I, I know you've talked to clients before about stuff. Sure. So he comes back out of his office after about, I don't know, five, 10 minutes. And he has a printed sheet of a Google search for insurance for a single person. And he said, this is what Google is saying. I said, oh, I think there's other options out there. You know, uh, just because Googs, the Googs spits out this number doesn't mean it's the all-knowing thing for every, every little bit of our lives, right? And he just insisted, insisted that I needed to pay, like this first woman, I mean, kind of sounded like her, that I had to pay this certain amount and there's no other options. I'm like, yeah, no, there are other options. And so lo and behold, I did get a hold of somebody else. <clears throat> I can't remember. 
this was traumatic, you guys. So I might be getting the timeline wrong. I don't know if it was after he had come home or before. I think it was before. Either the guy I talked to or like I talked to somebody after him. And or, or after, I, I just can't remember. But there is something called the marketplace. And it's kind of like a um, Walmart for health insurance. So they definitely can find you discounted things, your discounted policies. So I'm like, okay, this is wonderful. And I wanted to make sure I had a um, certified agent that was helping me. So I broker, I think they're called, I really wanted to make sure I had somebody that knew um, and had the licensing behind them. Um, and so you know, I told him at that point. So then when I said, you know, hey, I talked to this one guy, there's this thing called Marketplace. It's like, like the Walmart for health insurance. And I, I'm going to give that a go. I'm going to give that a go. Why not? And um, he said, and I said, you know, let me take this. You know, I appreciate you trying, but it's, it's too much. It's a lot. Let me do this research, right? I mean, hello that's what I do, you know, who, what, one more, why of a soul's journey. So I mean, I enjoy researching things. This is something I like to do. And um, he still had to add, though, how wrong I was. And here comes the dig. Here comes the dig. He then had to state how he supported me when I first came back to this area. Um, when I first moved in 2020 at the end in August. I'm like, no, that wasn't a part of our plan. I was in a home that, and you guys, I've, I think it's episode three of the season of, right? There was no options. So we were kind of stuck, stuck between a rock and a hard place. Um, he did stop, go to stop himself though. Kind of like, huh? And I was like, all oh, right. So there is a little hope. There's a little hope. Or so I thought too soon. So I went to get my hair done and I had a great haircut. Oh, she did even better than the first time. I'm new. It's a new um, stylist and I just love it. She did the, she does the beach waves after she cuts it. My hair is about shoulder length. And so it's a different length than I'm used to. And she knows I'm trying to grow it back out. And, but I was like, but I need this. And just everything she did is, was wonderful. And, um, she even made her kids Halloween costumes. They were so cute. They were Jack Skellington and Sally, her twins, and then her older daughter was the Oogie Boogie Man, and she made the, the cutest costumes. I mean, the, absolutely spot on, the cutest. I was Sally one year, and I, I had nothing compared to what she did for her kids. Anyway, so I had a great haircut, and then I took myself out for boba tea after, found a really good boba place. Uh, love boba tea. And, and um, it was such a nice little afternoon. I even went to Target and got a couple things. And, um, you know, it was just nice to have that kind of time to myself. I brought my laptop when I was at the tea place and did some writing and listened to some um, music on the Hertz scale on my headphones. So it was just a nice little 
my little time, you know, my little me time. And, um, when I got back home, I said, hey, I'm going to just take a break and try to find, you know, more stuff in the morning. But, hey, that kind of hurt, you know, when you dig a knife in, you know, take the, the shit storm and, and, and take that shit and shove it in my face. That, you know, doesn't feel good. I don't think I didn't say that. But basically saying, you know, when I say no, when I say stop, just stop. Don't continue to add to the chaos because... I'm, I'm so clear with how I feel, too. Like, I'm so, hey, ouch, or that's not working, you know, kind. I'm not mean, but if you keep pushing, uh, you know, the pushback is going to be huge and loud. <clears throat> and his response then, after I told him all of how I felt, um... You know, he did, he he says that, you know, he's worried about me getting this health insurance because he doesn't want to have to take care of me if I was in the hospital. So he's going to the worst case scenario in an accident and that he would somehow have to take care of me and be wiped out. And I'm like, um, yeah, no, like, no, you know, yeah, I mean, why would you go there? And... I didn't ask him for that and yep he went there and yelled at how wrong once again I am once again and he said I can't talk to me and I agreed I'm uh, we're on the same page with that one you know we definitely can't talk um, because <laughs> you know setting boundaries when you're speaking with somebody, when you're communicating, that's how you, that's how you get somewhere. You know, if somebody says, hey, something hurt, that didn't feel right, that didn't feel good, that seemed to add to my anxiety, that seemed to add to my overwhelm. Can we take a step back? <laughs> you know, um, it's amazing that they, that, that he wouldn't want to. So I'm sharing all of this with you. Um, because I know more people go through this. And we don't call it narcissistic behavior. Because a lot of times we've been in it for so long. We've been in these relationships for so long. It's just a part of life. And you're, you know, you, oh, I had that tiff again, or I had that argument again, or here's that same feeling again. But here's the thing. You don't want to have that same feeling over and over and over again. That's a pattern. And right, and then you got the shit story. You're telling yourself to deal with that pattern. Because you're like, I don't, I don't even know. And when you've had a parent, you know, tell a developing child, you know, brains developing, you know, you're opinionated, you're wrong, you're, you're not correct because of how you feel <laughs> it takes a lot of unwinding to do then as an adult so there's a lot to unpack you know and when i came back from getting my hair done and i said hey you know that that really didn't feel good you know in a calm here i am calm again 
um, she kind of just sat there. I mean, what, what can she do? But because he was like, y you know, I don't want to talk. I'm like, okay, let's just not talk. Let's none of us talk. Right. And I think sometimes you just need a break and that's okay. You know, it gives me a chance to get clear and strong again, because I, it's so hard to have somebody when you're not feeling good, when you're not feeling good, when you're in the middle of overwhelm, when you're in the middle of an anxiety-filled circumstance, it is extremely hard to have somebody, <clears throat> excuse me, continue to berate you. So I feel like that, you know, this helps to set the boundaries and say, no, the behavior is bad. And I'm not going to take part in it. You know, and, and I was frustrated, right? But in the silence too, and I know you guys have heard me talk about how much I like silence, but that time is really healing. Because again, you, not just to get clear, but to make a statement. You know, I'm not angry anymore about it, but I'm done. I'm not going to take part in trying to have ease around <clears throat> talking about things, right, of how I'm feeling. Because it's always met with you're wrong. There's something wrong with you. You know, let me dig at you. Let me smush shit in your face let me drive the knife in further so to me it feels healthy and it feels correct for all involved not just me to step back and say no i'm not going to take part and maybe we're silence you know going through a pet a silence patch maybe there won't be a ton of communication moving forward i mean you know besides <clears throat> surfacey things which I'm I'm really okay with I have so much I need to do in a lifetime and that's something you need to check out for yourself too and we in these times it's good to remember all the support we do have it can feel lonely and you can feel alone because, you know, you do have to go through a lot of this on your own. It's really hard to have other people interact while you're, you're trying to figure it out or set your boundary or, you know, okay, I'm just done here. I just, I can't go, I can't go anywhere. So I'm just not going to let you know what I'm doing. I'm not going to let you know what is going on in my life in those intercourse I'll figure it out you know right um and that's I think that's just fine that's not being terrible or mean it's like a clear boundary uh I mean clear it's like a silent boundary <clears throat> but you know so when I stopped talking to both of them both of my parents and this is only a couple days, right, passing, I said, you know, I thought to myself, well, my mom's probably really freaking out because on 
her side of the family, the McGarry side of the family. So my grandma, it's coming in through my grandma's line, her mother. <clears throat> the first child of the of the lineage, right? So my mom's older brother passed away without talking to anybody in the family for, I, I don't know, I think he was maybe like 25, maybe 30 at the oldest, right? He had it. He was estranged from my grandma. And <clears throat> so he didn't talk to anybody. He passed away. My grandpa, everybody, you know, they passed away and didn't have any contact. And then my mom's youngest sister, her oldest, is estranged from her. They haven't talked in I don't know how long. I was never really close to them, or at least her daughter. Um, and then here I, I'm the oldest in my family. I physically did not live near my family for 15 years. I was in a different state. There was no bad feelings, but I was physically away. And then here I come back and I'm kind of like, you know, there's a part of me that goes, maybe we don't need to know each other. And then I start to think, well, maybe we just need to not know each other intimately. There's a difference. And um, it's also, you know, the holidays part comes in because, well, do I want to celebrate the holidays with these people that <clears throat> feel valid and telling me how I should feel and not respecting my boundaries and having this continued complacent. I mean, it's very complacent, this bad behavior. One second. Just got a little scraggly voice today. So my, I had talked about my great-grandma coming through Pansy. So that's on my mom's side. That was my great my great grandma. I met her. I think she passed when I was like five. And she's really initiating this. So there's a lot of support. When I'm talking about support, there's a lot of support coming through. She's like, okay, let's get this ended. This generational curse, right? Doesn't need to be hanging around. So we know it. There's assistance coming in from great grandma. But it's still, you know, we're in the thick of it. Is the healing initiated? It is, but again, we all have free will as humans. So who's going to take what step in what part of the healing? And can there be ease? Can there be ease in these dynamics? You know, only time will tell. I think finding higher ground is real important. I started posting about that, oddly enough, like a week ago, I think maybe a little less than a week ago. I'm like, find the higher ground. I think I was probably posting about boundaries. You know, but how can we find the higher ground? Sometimes it is just, okay, I'm not going to interact with this. I'm just not going to go near it. But all the stages of finding any sort of ease within a generational pattern curse are monumental and we don't talk about them enough we talk about oh there's a problem or I'm trying to go through this growth spirit growth period right and then there's the oh I'm 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 like a butterfly now I'm, I'm free well yeah but there's so much that goes on in between there's 
I mean, <laughs> there's so much you have to look into and go, what's the best way for me to interact with all of this? You know, because you, I, we all deserve to be happy. We all deserve to thrive and and do all those things. And so if there's more bad times than good, right? We're all going to have the crap times. We're all going to have the shit storms. We're all going to have the things that go wrong with self or the relationships, etc. But if the certain relationships you're trying to work on, they're more traumatic, they're more toxic than happy, then maybe the best thing is to step away. I had a nice interaction with Archangel Alexandra this morning. She kind of did this where she bent down closer to my head and did this kind of whispering onto my head. And that was really nice. And Kuan Yin came in and I did draw from my Kuan Yin um, Oracle by Elena Fairchild. Alana. I always say Elena. And it was the Ten Sisters of Light. And that card is a card that says, you know, hey, you've been around a while. You've, you've, you're an advanced soul that's learned many things from previous lifetimes. And now, in this lifetime, I'm drawing them all together into one unified expression. And I totally feel that. Um, and I was talking with my teacher and friend last night and she said, you know, I think this is definitely coming in like the experience with the narcissism and the pulling away. Okay. Specifically, not just the generational curse. Cause we know that's gone on through generations. So Again, I'm sharing this with you, this personal experience, pouring my soul out <laughs> so that you can feel and know that you're not alone. Um, we all kind of have to navigate through these relationships and it's really hard. And to give yourself some ease, especially this time of year, you know, I... <laughs> and I kind of put this at the beginning of when I was writing out this episode, like I'm not going to my sister's house for Thanksgiving because that's another contention. She's another narcissist in my life and she comes in as the rejector. So she rejects me all, all throughout our adult life, right? My decisions, wanting to hang out with her boys, um, you know, she, and she's starting to say things to my face and I initiated a talk with her because usually my aunt in Sonoma and uncle have Thanksgiving. Now the last two years, of course, they haven't because of COVID because when we all get together, it's quite a, quite a bit of us. And so my folks were like, well, maybe we should have Thanksgiving here. Well, how do you feel? I'm like, sure. You know, sounds good. And uh, my brother and his family have other plans that they've done for years because they never went to my aunt and uncle's because of work schedules. And 
so my sister thought, because last year we went to her house, that this year we would do the same. She just assumed. And I thought, well, I, I don't really necessarily, why do we have to just go to your house? Like, why can't we have it here? And that's another <laughs> point of contention. And, you know, me saying, hey, you know, and I've actually tried to reach out for the last couple months. Can we get together? Can we get together and chat? So I could kind of tell her these things because I don't think she's aware of them. In fact, I know she's not aware of them. Uh, but it's it's a really hard conversation again because every time I say ouch to her, she says ouch back. So I'll say, hey, you know, I'm not feeling heard. And she's like, well, I'm not feeling heard. <laughs> it's this echo. And I'm like, well, you know, that thing you said kind of hurt me. And, you know, she'll bring up something from like 20 years ago. I'm like, okay, wait a minute. Like, I'm talking about something you just said, you know. Um, and why, why are you bringing this up? It didn't bother you for 20 years and suddenly you're bringing it up? Like, that doesn't make any sense, you know. Um, just listen to me and then maybe I'll listen. I will listen to you. So that's another tough one for me and again you know is it more beneficial for all involved to have some kind of relationship or is it more beneficial to not engage in a relationship of any kind and you know, these are things we have to sit with and it's okay to look into those you know I'm when we and when we step back and get out of our head and into heart space, like what's the best for all? So when you come from heart, not super thinking mind, oh, are they going to feel this way? Are they, well, how are you going to feel? How are you going to feel if somebody puts you down again or rejects you when you're like, hey, do you want to maybe hang out? Uh, and I'm in town for, you know, three or four days after Christmas. Well, let's go sledding. Oh, no, I'm going to do this. Oh. Okay, you know, and so I stopped asking after a certain while because I didn't want to keep being rejected. Um, you know, those things, <laughs> you get to a point where you're like, hey, I just don't want to be rejected. You know, last year, you know, I had the Thanksgiving at her house. She's like, oh, yeah, spend the night. But the next day I'm leaving to go see our cousins. And I'm like, oh, you know, this is my first year back in California right, or the area. I was in California at the time. And I, it would have been nice to have the day after Thanksgiving to go, you know, to the lake or go get breakfast or lunch or whatever you do, you know, um, when you're spending time with family. But that wasn't a part of the plan. And I realize I'm not really a part of the plan a lot, only when it's convenient. So you have to kind of think, Oh, this person rejects me. I'm only around when it's convenient for them. They put me down now. You know, they put me down to my face now. So why would I want to continue that? Why would I want to continue that? And if you have other relationships that where these kinds of things go on, ask yourself that. You know, do you really want to continue doing that? And check in with the heart. Because the heart knows. You know, a lot of times I'm flipping through my notebook. So if you hear, that's my pages turning.
when we tap into that heart space and ask for guidance, I feel like my shoulders lower and my jaw relaxes pretty instantly when I start to really tap into heart and my dialogue changes from what what's wrong with so-and-so and why are they so awful, mean, unkind, they must hate me, to how can I set some boundaries so this doesn't continue to happen? Because there's probably some hurt on their side, too, right? For someone to act that way. But it doesn't diminish the fact that you're hurting from their rejection, from their telling you you're wrong, from them not listening, from them not respecting your boundaries. That all still hurts. And... I feel like a lot of times when we set boundaries, really healthy boundaries, you know, we get really clear. We're told, you know, oh, that so-and-so is aloof or cold. Even if it's heart space boundaries. But when I check in with the heart space, the heart needs clear boundaries to assist the mind to not just think clearly, but kindly. To all involved, including you. Most importantly, you. The heart wants us to set up boundaries, especially with those we love or are around the most. And here's the kicker, or one of them. There's so many triggers to weed through with those we're closest to, that it can be hard to set boundaries before a trigger comes up, especially with our generational patterns, programs, and stories, because they're so ingrained in us. So again, give yourself some space, give yourself some ease, give yourself a pat on the back for even getting to certain areas with all of this, because it's not easy to navigate. It is absolutely not easy to navigate through all of this. And narcissistic behavior is more rampant than we were able to admit in the past. We're able to identify it now, right? We're all waking up a little more. <clears throat> you know, when we have the time to have dialogue, uh, either on the interwebs or in person, we have the time to... Give space to some of these ideas. But know you're not alone. Know you're not alone. And to go through all the stages of our soul's journey, a lot of times it can feel isolating. So reach out when you're at a, you know, a, uh, I'm hearing a lull, but I don't think it's really a lull. You know, I, when you're at a space where you can take a little breather and take in information that somebody that you trust, uh, that you reach out to, you can be receptive or observant 
to the information coming in from them or the higher realm. You know, the higher realm, sometimes it can be hard for us to hear those, right? When I um, drew the Kuan Yin version of Kuan Yin, the Ten Sisters of Light, you know, part of the the card uh, message was, you know, have these ten guides. So I saw my passed on loved ones. And there's two that I don't know. And, oh, passed on loved ones and my inner circle guides. So I do know some of my inner circle guides and my passed on loved ones. <clears throat> you know, and that's a reminder that they've been through this. You know, they were human. So they've been through this before. So it's important to know who you're tapping into. You know, here's where the Akashic part comes in. Who you're tapping into. Um, and know you're, you, you know, it's okay to be alone, even on a holiday, even on a holiday. You know, what is that? I don't know. I don't know. Is it really sad to be alone? I don't know. Is it just a societal thing? Oh, you got to be around a ton of people to celebrate. Uh, I don't know. Do you even celebrate Thanksgiving? Do you celebrate Christmas Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, uh, Yule, you know, where are you at? How do you want to celebrate? Who do you want to celebrate it with? Who's going to get the kind of celebration you want to do? Maybe it doesn't involve a turkey, you know, maybe you want a tofurkey. I have actually taken part in vegan Thanksgivings, Friendsgivings, and Man, those tofurkeys are pretty darn good if they're done right. Uh, pretty darn good. <clears throat> so just know it's, it's, it is time. And maybe it's time for you to step away. You know, once you realize... that you've been interacting with an aggressive narcissist. And it's time we step away from, from these folks and choose ourselves to tell ourselves good stories so we can thrive. Because you know, it's really hard to tell yourself a good story. I mean, not that it, you can't, because I feel like I, I find myself doing this, but I feel like I'm doing more of a pickup and then... Whereas, okay, let me tell myself the good story, you know, or let me tell myself, you know, let me just work within the man thing I manifest, I'm manifesting my practice or the classes I'm teaching, right? Okay, let me develop those and develop all the things and all the clients, right? I don't want to keep picking up from this old thing. <laughs> Does that make sense? Because that it's that pattern that repeats. So you know, you're doing the same old pickup, you know? That same friend and teacher, Anjali, if she's listening, thank you so much for being on the other end last night. She said, you know, it's really hard to watch people be asleep at the wheel. And it really is. It really is hard to, to know they're not willing to see, you know, the road ahead. Even when you clearly state it or map it out. 
<clears throat> so I hope you have found this story I'm sharing a little hopeful for you to navigate through this holiday season because I know it can really <clears throat> bring a lot of things up. You know, what do you really want? Who do you want to be around? And know, you know, people that I consider my teacher, or if I, you consider me your teacher, or spiritual guide. Know that, you know, we know what you're going through. We've been through it. You know, we're not guiding because of uh, theory. <laughs> you know, we're guiding because we've experienced it. So we understand. We understand the different parts of the process, the different parts of the journey. And I know for sure we have more to us than we ever give ourselves credit for. And more knowledge, more ways to heal inside of ourselves. So if you would like a private reading with me, you can reach me at ancientbodyworks.co. I'm on Facebook and Instagram as Ancient Bodyworks. And I also have a Facebook page called The Infinite Dance that goes to the podcast. Listener support helps this continue to go so much and is so very appreciated. You can do that through PayPal, Venmo, and I also have a Patreon. I'm also on YouTube. So if you'd like to check out things on YouTube, I do upload meditations. And I do need to get back to... Um, interviews and I apologize and that's me I had to cancel a bunch I had planned and I'm having a hard time rescheduling but with the laptop and going out of town it had, and then Samhain it was just a lot to navigate so I've just had to reschedule those but I do have more interviews coming so I'm really excited to bring those to you because I have so much fun interviewing people and I do have something that's brewing for Imbolc. So that's the beginning of February 2022. I'll let you know a little bit more about that at the end of this month. So keep peeling back the layers and keep asking yourselves and each other, may I have this dance? <laughs>